Hey, Jakob. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm at home. Where are you? I am at home as well. I suspect anyone listening right now is at home too. <laughs> Probably. Well, and this is Jakob, first virtual Jakob. Yeah, so we're not in the same spot, um, but we're using Anchor to record this from different locations. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're two of many people figuring out new ways of, to come together um, to make working possible uh, with this backbone called the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting, to be honest. And I'm, I'm curious how it's going to sound later on. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, well, we were talking a little bit before we did this about what we should talk about. And we were a bit um, hesitant to talk about COVID-19 and, and working remotely um, because there is so much information out there right now on how yeah. to do that. Um, the one thing that I thought that is missing, though, particularly for us, because we're feeling it now, too, is is the question on how does a coach... If you're if you're a coach and you work with teams in person, how do you transition to working with them in a distributed manner? There's lots on there's lots of tips on how to technically do it. Uh, really, really good advice out there on things to think about and how to set it up. But there's not a lot on uh, how to place your perspective mm. on the problem, how to take what you know as a coach and apply it virtually when you're so used to face to face, and how to show up. Right? How do you, what stance do you take? Yeah. Exactly. How, how do you hold virtual space? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, uh, and I must um, say that last week when I was also working from home a couple of days, Thursday was full on. I, I was kind of driven mainly by, by my meetings, but next day I didn't have so much things to do and I was struggling a bit. I was struggling to actually find how I can add value to the team and, and where should I add it and so on. So... That was interesting experience. So I'm keen to hear your advice, and um, yeah, let's let's chat about this. Yeah, I would hesitate to call it advice. I think maybe it's just it's an approach to consider. And and what I'm really interested in is uh, people giving us feedback on our LinkedIn oh, yes. channel. Um, or you can search for us on LinkedIn, Jokub, J-O-E-K-U-B. Uh, and just uh, you know, underneath uh, the post for this is letting us know. Um, how you approach the problem as a coach. I think that, you know, we're two people of thousands. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we're not going to have anywhere close to all the answers, but um, yeah, I mean, so like distributed working has always been a passion of mine in the sense of it's always been the hardest thing as a coach. And um, from day one, they're like, co-location is the yes. way forward. It's the sixth principle, face-to-face -face conversations. Um, and I've had a number of mentors um, that haven't necessarily been agile coaches, but just sort of business coaches um, challenge me on that is going, is face-to-face -face always the best way? In other words, could you do screen-to-face mm -hmm. or um, are there any advantages on digital channels and how we communicate? And so because of that, I've, I've, been stepping more and more into this uh, this area to see well how do we function as groups, particularly millennials, um, as they come in full force into the workplace. They're very used to working and building relationships mm -hmm. digitally. Um, how do they work? How does how does that happen? Um, so for me, like the um, the 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 biggest thing has been um, looking at that sixth principle and coming to the conclusion that 
it likely had nothing to do with co-location in the first place when they said it. It probably had more to do with not throwing requirements yes. over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once that realization came in, or at least that's that's my take on it, um, it opened up other possibilities. So what's the value of face-to-face conversation if we take out that as being a prescriptive solution? And what's the outcome of that? What where what is the benefit of that, and how does how do digital conversations or digital areas help us do that? It's opened up a lot of possibilities for me. Mm. Um, so right now, because this is early days for us, we, um, uh, we both work at a place that's been closed down, likely anywhere from a month to two months um, because of COVID nineteen, uh, and a lot of our working place is not used to working fully distributed. Um, as a coach, we may feel like we are unable to give advice. We are unable to um, recommend things. We're unable to um, uh, to be an expert, I guess, in the field because if we're used to if we're used to being there in person and having you know working with the team in person, we may feel very much out of our, our mm-hmm. league. And that I think that's an advantage for us. Um, one thing that you should be good at as a coach is listening, yes. identifying problems, and then working with the people that you're coaching on how to, so- yes. to solve them. Um, for many companies, this isn't going to go away, not really soon anyways. Um, and so this is the perfect opportunity to say, to stop saying, oh, we're not face-to-face, it's not optimal. Um, let's just wait this out until we get face to face again versus saying, okay, so we still want to have, we still want to collaborate very well. We still want to have really good conversations, Mm. really rich conversations. We still want to make sure that we understand each other really well. And we still want to be able to demonstrate progress. How do we do that with what we have? Um, so the biggest, so the biggest issue for me or the biggest challenge for me is around observation. That's how I spend a lot of my time. And this is how I can identify potential problems and point them out to, to the teams. Uh, yep. And I do it in a physical space, being with the team yep. and seeing how they collaborate, seeing how they talk to each other, how they uh, behave in, in their ceremonies. And now I don't have this. <laughs> um, so to, to help you with, and this is an experiment maybe yeah. you can help me with and run as well, is uh, a lot of times when we talk about distributed working, we, from a design standpoint, for like when we design the facilitation or we design the experience for people, we think about the physical space. Um, years ago, when I went to Atlanta for a conference, there were some people that have already started, they're, they're, they're knee deep, waist deep in this already. They opened my eyes to say, if you have five people on a team and four people are present and one person's calling in, you have a distributed team. True. Um, and, and that blew my mind because now I'm like, oh, actually they're right. Because from a design standpoint, the experience is distributed mm-hmm. and you have to take that person not being there and coming in on a different channel. Like if it's just a call, that's a very lo-fi channel um, very seriously. And you have to determine whether they need to have a team experience or if they're just there to listen and consult mm-hmm or, you know, what's really needed there. And um, it really got me on this journey. So rather than think about distributed teams as physical locations, you can you can actually look at uh, it from an experience location. So we would have a distributed experience. And a distributed experience is when a team, so you're supposed to be teaming, having team-like conversations of which any coach should mm-hmm. be familiar with. 
is there something that's, uh, are we coming in from different channels? So are some people there in real life and other people are there on a call and other people are there through video chat? Those are three different channels. So we'll have three different experiences. So the experience is a distributed experience. Yes. If you want to have a team experience, you need to all come in on the same channel on the same phi. So it's either low phi, medium phi, or yeah. high phi. And so if everyone can do on video, do video. Absolutely do video. If one person has a really bad video connection, everybody does audio. Um, if, if they can't do audio digitally, everyone calls in. Um, and if you need to have a team experience, you can go from be having a distributed team experience to a co-located experience as far as the channel that you're using. So the, the, the digital room or the, the five room, you can co-locate and at least you will all experience yes. things in the same way. Yes, I agree. Uh, the, the reason this is important is if, if you have to go down to the lowest five experience, now the whole team can innovate on how to communicate properly mm. with that. Yes. That's when they, that's when they can all, because if you have one person calling in and everybody else has a really good experience, that person's concerns really won't be taken very seriously by the rest of the team or it would be seen as a temporary inconvenience. Whereas if everybody finds it really hard to communicate in an effective mm. manner, uh, that's the problem that will be raised up. And as a coach, now you have the opportunity to coach them on that mm. problem and try out new things. They're going to have to try out different tools or new channels, yeah. or maybe they'll have to prep a little bit more. Um, and there's lots of advice online on how to do those things. So but I, as a coach, the first thing is to really identify the experience. I remember um, multiple times when I was facilitating a meeting with a team when one or a couple of people were calling in. And mm. I remember when I was so focused on the people in the room that just at the, at the very end, I was like, oh, I forgot. Hey, Robert, do you have anything to add? And I was so angry with myself. But because they were calling in, there was even no video. So they were, they were just, they were, it was just audio. And I just forgot about them. Everyone forgot about them. Uh, and yeah, and I've been the person on a call too. Right. Yeah. And and you just end up you end up like checking email yeah, or because yeah, yeah. exactly. you know, everyone's yeah. talking and you're kind of listening. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but you're right. As soon as everyone calls in or using they use the same medium, uh, then it changes the dynamic. And you as a it's I think it's also easier to some extent for you as a facilitator because then you do treat everyone equal and you can change your perception and your presence in that meeting yeah absolutely nice. and, and that's if you want an even team experience yes. there, i mean there, there's no one saying you have to do that every time i think for me what it is is really whatever you're doing doing it with intent mm -hmm. and doing it with knowledge of what you're doing yes so um just be aware that if you have people coming in from different digital channels they are having a different experience mm -hmm. um and, and, and you can extend beyond that and even say what their home life is like, mm. what their connection is like, yeah. um, any of that. Yeah. Nice. So you have, in, the, in the realm of experience, you have co-located experience, which would be everyone's coming through the same channel. Everyone's having the same smoothness or not smoothness of communication and, and being able to express ideas. And then you have a distributed, which is um, people are experiencing the conversation through different mediums. And so um, that has to be taken taken into consideration. And the last thing to think about as a coach, particularly when you're trying to um, help people sort of acclimate to this, this new environment, if it is new to them, is dislocated. So 
co-located, you're all experiencing the same thing. Um, distributed, you are coming from, you're having a different experience. Dislocated means that you're having an experience as a team that's different than the norm. All right. So if, yeah, so if you're used to being a physically distributed team and coming in through digital channels and suddenly you all come into a room together for the first time, you are having a dislocated experience, which means as a coach, it actually pays to take some time to recognize that how you're experiencing each other and how you're communicating is different than what you're used to and you might have to change some of your norms. Nice. I agree. And so if you're if you're used to working in person and now you're distributed physically and you're having to come through di uh, di um, digital channels, it is, as a coach, it's really good to make time in the beginning of a planning. If you guys do like a scrum sort of cycle mm -hmm. planning, retro, is to actually make a lot of time to reflect on what it's like to use these digital channels, what's easy, what's hard. And as a coach, you kind of take on the role of like a communication product owner, if you will where you should be taking notes. They're giving, they're, they're, they're like customers. I'm not going to call them customers, mm -hmm. but in the, in the way that we teach a lot of product owners and how to listen to people, we, yeah. we need to listen to the teams and take those notes. And those, those notes that you take for the different teams that you work with, um, particularly if you work with other coaches in, in your company, become very, very valuable to the company on how easy it is for people to communicate with the services that they have and how difficult it is. And you can give actual anecdotal uh, references and it becomes even more powerful if it's not just one coach and if it's coaches across an organization. But it's but if you if you're relatively small and there is only one coach, it's still really powerful to have an example of, oh, we invested in this technology. We think it should take care of all of your needs. And you're like, ah, but you haven't considered this situation. They really need to solve the problem in this way. And this doesn't address that. We need we need to address this one problem so that they can be more effective without those personal examples it becomes very hard for an organization to understand the infrastructure they need to support the way that people want to have conversations. Right. So for me, I see coaches as being very powerful in this, in this sort of arena as in our ability to listen, identify problems and then raise those problems kind of as like communication product opportunities mm. for infrastructure change. Yeah. Um, I also liked it how now I realize that when, when you said about um, resetting the almost like working agreements or um, social contract with the team, how they want to behave in this new situation, this could be a really good time to reset your coaching stance and almost share with the team, hey team, I, I don't know how to behave in this situation. And do you remember what why I'm trying to do? And they may give you some answers and you can say, oh, you can take this as an opportunity to learn how they perceive you and what they expect from you. And say you can actually say, okay, so if this is all that you expect from me, I'm struggling with actually delivering on this. How can you help me help you? And maybe some of these things, maybe they will not mention some of the things that you're actually doing as a coach. Then you can, you, you can use it as a almost teaching moment saying, well, I'm also doing this and this, and I'm also struggling with this. Can you help me deliver this to you or to the organization? Um, so this could be a really good moment to share your kind of insecurities, your vulnerability. I can never pronounce this. How do you pronounce it, Joe? Vulnerability? Vulnerability. Vulnerability. <laughs> How do you say it in Polish? Oh, Polish, Polish, Polish. Um, I don't know. 
it's do we have a word like this um vulnerable uh, uh i don't know i need to google it i don't know i don't know what the word is um, because I can think of two words, but they're, they're not exactly the same. They have a bit different. Oh, maybe a direct tra translation. Yeah. Maybe the similar translation. Because it's a bit like uh, which means sensitive, um, mm. but it's not the same. Okay, uh, that's my homework. <laughs> but yeah, so I think um, you could use that just to, to kind of um, reset your coaching stance. I, I love that you said that, actually. Um, have you ever worked with somebody or can you think of a time that you've worked with somebody in a job mm -hmm. and then you met them outside of the job and they were kind of a different person? Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that experience without maybe naming names? Um, well, often what I observed is people who are at work are much more, um, serious or uh they want to go you know they they are very driven to, to deliver something or driven to get some results mm -hmm. while outside of work they are more chilled out and you know they they can jog around they want to meet people all the time and so on so they they have two two lives almost one at work yeah. one outside of work yeah and that's really normal I mean, I, so we're taking calls now for the, the group of people I'm working with at our company. And um, I can just hear the change in tone. Like mm. everyone's still themselves, but you can tell they're a bit more laid back. Um, there's a softer, there's less urgency mm. in the field, um, which, shouldn't, which doesn't reflect on productivity. It's just you can tell they're at home, oh, they're yes. in a comfortable place. And so what I'm noticing is a lot of the way that people communicate mm is different and uh, the way that they react to things is different. So as a coach, you have these relationships with people at work and um, you may have to go back. And in fact, that's one of the things I'm going to probably do today and tomorrow, maybe for the rest of the week is go back to all these people I have one-on-ones one with and just reset with them in their home environment mm. and, and expect them to be nice. different. Um, but what that means for us as a team coach is that that team may have to reevaluate who they are because they're kind mm. of, you know, if you have five members that show up to work every day and then you have five members that are now at home, um, the knowledge is the same, but maybe their personalities are slightly different now. And so yes. maybe it is a good time to revisit your stance yes. today as well as their own working agreement to each other. Mm. They are actually bringing a different aspect of themselves, even if it's on, most of the time it's unintentional as well, but um, they, they will do. And so I, I love that you said, ask them who you are to them again, because that's, yeah. I, for me, that's my, been my experience. It's completely mm. necessary to reset. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. So we're about at the 20 minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's good. Uh, as I mentioned before we started recording it, I don't think we should uh, add too much to the noise. Uh, I think there is a lot of information going on. I think it was really good to chat about how coach shows up mm. and what we could do to, to play in this new space. Um, well, new to us, at least. Um, so thank you for sharing your experiences and ideas, Joe. Uh, thanks for listening, Jakob. Oh, all right. We haven't talked for a while, so we should maybe, maybe we can try have 
two episodes this week or maybe make sure that we record something next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think next week we'll probably be off the topic of remote working. Cool. Um, we'll leave that to the LinkedIn channel yeah, to keep the conversation exactly. going. And we'll probably get back to more. The best feedback we've gotten so far is about they like it when we tell stories. Oh, yes. Uh, so we'll, we'll try to tell some more stories, I think. All right. All right. Have a good day. Thank you, you everyone. Thank, thank you.